0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of The Great Machine. I'm host, Darius Mishaz, and I'm flying solo. And this is going to be a, a 12-part series. Um, as I just did a great presentation, I spoke about it last week on um, our solo on um, really around this presentation I did at UT Austin to uh, my friend Athena Simpson's uh, entrepreneurial class. And one of the slides I had was uh, really going to be the nexus of the next few weeks solos. And, and what I I was talking to a group of 20 year olds and 21 year olds. And I had a slide that I was thinking, I was like, you know, I'm teaching them around like what investors look for in a business. But there was something else like in the process of doing that, you know, I made a slide that said things I wish I knew when I was you. So it's like the things I would have told 20 year old Darius. But I think as I said them, I started realizing that, you know, these are pretty relevant for anyone. Um, these are great life lessons. These are my top lessons for entrepreneurs. And so there's really 12 of them that we're going to be going over over the next few weeks. So I'm going to g- run through them really quickly. And really, the, the this week is going to be around, you know, when to take huge risks and and when I believe the best time, you know, my perspective, we too will be going over my perspective around how do you approach your identity in your business, um, how to think about your business as a game. Um my views on comparison, my views on success and how it's viewed in the world, Uh, this concept of long-term greedy that I learned from my business partner, Joe Duran, Um, really my perspective around working with friends and how, you know, I've done it over the years and I have some perspectives around it. And I want to talk about that in one of my episodes. We're going to talk about the concept of Ikigai, a great book out there, um, great concept, the Japanese art of pursuing one's passion. Um, and really some of the data around who should and should not be entrepreneurs. Uh, this concept of practicing at the top of your license, we're going to talk about what does that mean? You know, again, another of, of, uh, my buddy, Joe, I got to interview Joe now that I'm thinking about it. So I'm going to bring Joe on the show. Cause we, maybe we'll talk, maybe that'll make that, I'm going to pull that out. That will not be a soul. That'll be an episode that he and I talk about. So I'm going to bring him on. Um, I'll schedule him for us to do a show uh, this, this idea around blinking and why it's important. Proximity and viewing your business as an asset. So we're going to spend the next 11 or so weeks, maybe I'll squeeze 12 weeks out of it to talk about these concepts. And again, this is from uh, UT Austin, uh, the school business. uh, When I taught these 20 and 21 year olds, like, what are the things I wish I knew when I was them? So let's talk about the first concept, which is taking risks. Because um, and again if if this if this is not you if you don't fit this avatar this might be something you want to teach to if you're an entrepreneur and you have kids this might be something you want to teach them so you know i believe that there's different phases as an entrepreneur where certain levels of risk taking makes more sense and when if you're in your 20s i think it's you should be taking asymmetric risks risk. so what is asymmetric risk asymmetric risk is where it's kind of like betting moonshots right P- taking the highest risk risk you can take, whether that's going into traveling to far off lands, whether that is starting a high growth business where the chance of failure is at its highest, but the highest reward is that if you reach success, you get these outsized returns for the risk you took. Um, whether that's, you know, attempting to do something really hard, like physically trying to climb a mountain. Um, That would be, you know, like, let's say you want to climb Everest, you know, in your 20s is is a great opportunity to do that. Obviously, it's dangerous, but there's an asymmetric return because the, the life lessons you're going to learn are going to carry you for many, many more years. So I do have this belief that taking additional risk in your 20s is the time to do it. And the biggest reason for it, and there's a great book by Bill Perkins which is Die With Zero that I read last year, which really talks about like these different phases of life that we are just, you know, physically, you can't do certain things as you get older, number one. But I also think that it gets more difficult as life compounds and adds responsibilities on your plate. And, and you, you hear all these stories of people, let's say in their 40s or 30s, that, you know, they'll go and they'll take their kids and go travel around the world. And that's a dream I've always had that I've actually failed at. Um, and it was something when I was in my 20s where I didn't take the time to go travel that much because I wanted to start businesses, or when I was in my 20s, I rushed through college because I wanted to start my first business. And even though I'm someone now that's in my mid 40s, that, you know, arguably has done well, I will tell you that I can't go get that time back, I can't go be in my 20s again, to go and change what I did. um, As far as how I spent that time. For me, the biggest thing that I cared about was making money. And I was And I remember when I was, you know, 20, 21 years old, I said, man, I want to make six figures. I want to make over a hundred thousand dollars a year, which that's the, I ran the, the, the uh, inflation calculations. That's like the equivalent of a 20, 21 year old saying, I want to make $20,000 in a month right now. For me, it was $10,000 back then. So it's roughly $20,000 now. It's truly, it's around 16,000, but, but let's just round up. So that's a lot of money, you know, for a 21 year old to want to make, I want to make $200,000. That's an audacious thing to say. Um, But that's where my head was at, and I was laser focused on it. That's all I cared about. So I had this short-term greediness, and again, we'll be talking about long-term greediness uh, in the coming weeks. But I had this short-term greediness around wanting to make money. Why? Because I've been struggling making six bucks an hour, and <laughs> I wanted nice stuff. I wanted to be able to to have options for me. It was what was the fastest way thing that was going to get me there. Not thinking about well, is this an industry I want to be in in the long term? Um, what am I giving up as far as future value based on the skill sets I'm going to have? Is that industry going to, you know, pay me dividends based off of the, you know, long-term value I create? And the answer was I got some of that stuff wrong. Um, Why? Because I was being short-term greedy and I said, man, I'm willing to forego the future. I'm willing to not travel. I remember I said to myself, I'm going to sell my, my company by the time I'm 30 years old and then I'm going to go travel around the world then. Well, when I was 30 years old, I had a failing business and I was not traveling around the world. And it, it just didn't happen. Now, fast forward to 2020, I, I tried to make that a reality. And the co- whole COVID situation kind of snagged that away from me. So still haven't made it happen. 45 years old, I wanted to go travel around the world for a year. And it's probably not going to happen. It, it, it would, at least right now, I'm starting another business right now. So, so I lost that opportunity when it would have been much, much easier for me to have done it when I was 25 years old. I had There was a time when I had 30 grand in the bank when I was 25. And I could have said, I'd made, I'd made that $10,000 plus per month. And I could have said like, I'm taking a year off right now. I'm going to start my business when I'm 26. By the way, if I could get into a time machine right now, without question, I would have done that. I would have taken that year off then. My wife and her brother did it in their early 20s. It was one of the greatest adventures of their life. Um, and w- without question, hindsight being 2020. I would have taken off from 25 to 26 and I would have went and traveled around the world. And I would have came back when I was 26 and started my business then. There was, you know, looking back now as a 45-year-old, doing it at 25 or 26 is zero difference. Except for the expense of not having had that adventure, which is something that I I would, you know, it is what it is. But it's something I would change given the opportunity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. All the way the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear, uses directed. The other thing I want to look at is taking this asymmetric, you know, asymmetric risk. You know, I went into a business that was very cash driven, right? The mortgage industry, you make lots of cash. Um, but it would have been maybe more worth my while to have taken more asymmetric risk, i.e., going into tech or going into something where you know one one dollar risk could turn into a million dollars of return. Um, whereas in the mortgage industry, you don't have that as- same asymmetry. It's it's very hard to create a billion-dollar business in a mortgage industry. So it's like it's virtually, there's hardly any of them, um, probably a, maybe a couple dozen. And in looking at other industries, there's just many more. Um, and so you want to take that, that perspective of, hey, what's asymmetric risk? Should I go start that restaurant or should I go start that tech company? Look, if your passion's in restauranting, I'd say go start the restaurant. But If your passion is to create outsized value in the world, you're going to want to look at, well, how do I do that? I'm going to do that by affecting the most number of lives in the world. And tech, if you're good at that, offers that opportunity. There's other industries and other ways of doing it. Most importantly, you have to have a real strong desire to be in the business you're in. Um, I will again use myself as an example I didn't really care about the industry. It wasn't something I was passionate about necessarily. I was just passionate about making money. So I I took, you know, again, a short term greedy approach and said, okay, well, what's the fastest way for me to do that? Um, and looking back now, and I do have a firm belief that you pick any industry and I'll show you people that will, you know, be less interested in it. You You eat the most amazing meal in the world. And over time, once you're eating that amazing meal day in and day out, you'll take it for granted. Um, you know, you, there's a quote that it's a little crass. I'm going to say, so you show me the hottest person in the world. I'll show you someone that's tired of sleeping with that person. And so I do believe that there's a correlation there with industry where once you're in an industry and you get to know it and that becomes your normal norm, um, it's very different than when you first get into it. So I'll use the example of, let's say, the entertainment industry. There's a there's a laundry list of people that get out of that industry because it's a tough industry. It has lots of negative negativities to it i use my example, my sister who's in the fashion industry, still in the fashion industry, 10, 15 years into it, she has very different perspective than when she was in fashion school at Parsons and wanted to get into the industry. So the the reality is, is we can get take every industry for granted. Eventually you will. If there's a deeper reason why you're working in that industry, then great. If not, then we want to start thinking about, hey, we're like what's where's where can I take asymmetric risk? Where can I, cause there's never gonna be a time in your life, by the way, w- when you're young. Then when you're going to want to sleep on a couch, eat, you know, not eat great food, have less responsibility than then. And that allows for you the opportunity. You may have less resources, but you have more of the opportunity of taking time risk as you get older. Now, if you're listening to this and you're older and you're like, well, Darius, I'm in my 40s. What am I supposed to do? My answer is recalibrate. What risk can you take today? And so I know lots of people that want to become entrepreneurs and they say, well, I can't do that. I have responsibilities. I have kids. I have a mortgage. I have bills. And my answer is like, can you take one hour of risk per week? Right? So again, taking that bite-sized risk, are you even taking one hour of risk per week? Well, what would that look like? We'll give you an example. Are you sitting there and just coming up with a list of ideas? Have you actually done that work? Are you saying, oh, I'm too old to do that now? My answer to you is if you're not taking even one hour of risk per week, then you're basically lying to yourself because the reality is we all have one hour to waste uh, per week. And if you say that you don't, then I'm going to again push back on you and say, yeah, maybe not every week you don't, but you do have, you have had one hour this year to risk. If you're living in a modern world, modern country where you're safe and you have food and, and you know, on your if food on your plate and a roof over your head, then you have an hour to, to dream about your dreams and once you come up with that list of dreams, then you could spend one hour a week working on one of those dreams or all of those dreams. It doesn't matter. The reality, though, is, yes, you don't have the same asymmetric risk return as you do when you have 40 hours a week as a 23-year-old to do it. You know, you can work 40 hours a week and you have 40 hours. You don't have any kids or responsibilities unless you, you know, have kids, but let's just assume you don't. Then you have 40 hours of risk-taking time that you can take. So the answer is, is that we all have the opportunity to take asymmetric risk. It's just a much larger percentage of our time, the younger we are with least with less responsibilities. So you want to take advantage of that, because that's an an asset that you have um, that can pay massive returns. And and the reason I say all this is because if you fail, a fail fast, but let's say if you fail, you haven't given up much of anything except time, which you have an abundance of at that point in your life. And, and better to fail with an abundance of time so you can then take the next step. The other thing that I'll say, and this comes from uh, my former coach, uh, Jeff Sp- Dr. Jeff Spencer, is that, you know, action organizes. So taking that risk, taking that time to figure stuff out, what it does is it gives you an opportunity to think to yourself, hey, I got information from this. And then what are you going to do with that information? It might be that you fail miserably in your first attempt, but it's giving you new information. You take that new information and then you can leverage that. And you have a much more of an efficient use of that next time you take risk. So at 23, you take risk, you fail, you got new information. At 25, you take that new information and you succeed. Or maybe you fail again, but you have a new bit of information. And by 27, you've eliminated a lot of the risk of that third attempt at success. And so again, this is a lot of the ways to start thinking about how we take risk as we age In in the form of being an entrepreneur, it's taking risk in a way that sets you up for asymmetric outcomes. And when I say asymmetric, it's putting $1 in and get a million dollars back. Um, It's harder to do that with the less risk you take. The less risk you take, the less value you potentially are going to create, the less value you create, the less upside, the less of an asymmetric return. So uh, these are just some thoughts um, I wanted to share because it's just a lesson that I've learned. And like I said, for the next 10 or so weeks, we're going to be going through these lessons learned. I'm excited to... Um, teach you some of the things I've learned in my life, most of it through uh, getting it wrong. And um, until next time, peace out, everybody. We love you. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. Uh-huh. She's my lover.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit.